Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome to Infertile AF. This is episode five. And on today's episode, I talked to one of my best friends, Gail. So full disclosure, this is one of the first episodes I recorded for the podcast. I think it was actually the first one. So there was a little bit of wine involved. And I think at one point you could even hear us pouring a glass of wine, but I think we were both a little bit nervous, but it went well. And Gail's amazing and hilarious. And she tells the story of her infertility journey, which included years and years of IVF, ultimately finding out that she and her husband, Eric, were told that they had 0% chance of having a baby on their own. And then we get into their adoption journey, which ultimately ended with them having twin boys, Dylan and Leo, who are incredible. So without further ado, this is Gail's infertility story. just talk about quickly when we met it was probably eight years ago I think we met at a pool party at our friend's pool and ever stole my bracelet (laughs) and yes my daughter stole your bracelet and you guys immediately bonded yes she's an amazing and I remember loving you instantly um and tell me where you got you and Eric were married but you didn't have kids yet so tell me where you were in the process at that point yeah so that's yeah you know 10 years ago we probably we started this journey so we got married in 2008 um I was almost about to turn 38. So by, you know, normal standard, that's pretty late to try to start a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, my mom had me at 42, naturally. So Mm -hmm. I never really thought too much of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we were were trying at that point. Um, And I was also, I can't remember if the day I met you, if I had done one round of IVF or if I was about to start, because we did start somewhere in that summer. Okay. So backing up to your mom quickly, you're an only child. Yes. Did she have any issues getting pregnant or do you know why? Uh, it's very it was hard for 40? me to answer that truthfully because, um, as you know, unfortunately my mom passed away when I was 18. Right. And so we never had that conversation. Okay. Um, and my dad, unfortunately, passed away a couple years after. So Right. So there's no one I, that really would be able to tell you that. No. But what wow. I do know is that I was born, you know, very premature, 11 weeks early, and okay. that she hemorrhaged and then she wasn't, they basically said, if you're going to have another kid, you have to do it pretty, like as in now. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. I'm an, only, I'm an only child. I think okay. it's just too much for her to bear. So I really don't know okay. um, if it took her a long time or if it didn't. Okay. So how did you and Eric meet? Tell us this story. So scandal. Uh, we met at work. <laughs> we, dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, we, so we worked for um, a small hedge fund at the time, had like 15 people, and um, I was a partner, and he joined the firm, and I had a boyfriend at the time, and we were just friends, and then it was the blackout of 2006, and like, no pun intended, blackout, but I think that's what happened to both of us, because we went drinking (laughs) after (laughs) the blackout, and everyone had to leave their office. I remember the blackout, 2003, was it? I don't know. It was the summer that we moved here to New York. So maybe it was three or four. Yeah, you're right, actually, because, yeah, you're right. So... And then we sort of had this like funny relationship where we like hook up here and there. And then I don't know, were we dating? Were we not dating? And it was a good year and a half almost too with that, you know, question, are we or aren't we? Uh, and then he moved to London 
to work in our London office, and I was over there all the time for work anyway. And when he moved back in 2000, end of 2006, early seven, he moved in with me, and then that was sort of it. Okay. And did you guys talk about having kids? When, like, when did that enter the equation? Yeah. Before you got married, had you discussed it at all? Yeah, we did. Uh, again, it's hard for me to remember so long ago, but we we did. Um, but it wasn't something where it was like, oh my god, I want to have four kids, and you want to have two kids. You know, it's just like it'd be great to have kids one day. But I will say. There was always this um, sense of it would be great to have one or two kids of our own, and but we both, I always wanted to adopt. So that was something that I just felt a calling for and wanted to do that regardless of how many children we had biologically. Interesting. Okay. So he was sort of on board with that too, but with the, you know, obviously hope that we had our own children, biological children first. So how far into your marriage did you guys start trying? Did you start trying right away or did you wait a little bit? We waited a little bit. Um, we... <laughs> Uh, you know, as normal people do, you get married, and then one week later, you run the New York City Marathon. So you did. Yeah, you we, both did. We, we both did. We ran it twice together. Oh wow! I never knew that. So, yeah. Oh really? You uh-huh. didn't know that? Um, so it's funny. Like you're one of my best friends. You would have been in my wedding, and you weren't. It's so weird. How, I know how life works. But anyway, uh, so we were running the marathon the week after, and then we had pushed our honeymoon because of that into February. We we're going to Kenya, so we wanted to wait to, you know, make sure that we could go to Kenya and do that okay. right and, you know, not have any worries about being pregnant. And did you have any indications just going to the gynecologist, just normal checkups and stuff that you would have any issues or was there So nothing kind of stuff physically and... outright, just okay. the obvious age okay. question because now I'm okay. 39, okay. Right? right? So Okay, so tell me about when you guys started trying, what happened? We tried, you know, in the old-fashioned way. Right. And then that wasn't working. We went to see a doctor, and they said, well, why don't you do, um, you know, where you track your when you're ovulating? And mm-hmm. so we did that. And, that I mean, that's just a really ridiculous process, right? Because then you're like, hey, we got to go now. You know, you're, and we were in the summer. We were in the Hamptons. It was just some funny stories there. But so yeah. that obviously didn't work either. And then we went straight to fertility, and basically, you know, we thought maybe they would tell us to do IUI first. Mm-hmm. That was sort of been like a... I guess the path for other people. Right. And then they were like, you know, let's just go right to IVF just based on your age and the fact that you've now been trying for, honestly, I couldn't tell you if it was six months or eight months or okay. 10 months. So you don't know there. how long you were trying before you decided to get like a medical. Yeah, I'm old and can't remember these days, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's tell like I said, I feel 10, you. 10 years ago. So they, you skipped the IUI, you went straight it. to IVF. Mm-hmm. So we went to um, Cornell um, and my doctor was Dr. Kligman, um, who was like, I think, Spandorfer is the guy who I think started the practice there, and he's like the number two. But they're all amazing. Like there's another one, Dr. Davis, who he does high risk. So I thought maybe he would be my doctor, but mm-hmm. you know they all sort of chat about each case anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I did the first round, and we stopped in the middle of the first round uh, because I was that uh, was called hyper ovulating or hyper. I can't remember the exact word. Um, Basically, it, it just wasn't working, and okay. they, and so they put me on a lot of medication. They stopped it. Okay. And we waited about a month, and then we did it again. Okay. And I mean, that's just funny stuff too, like the shots and the mixing of the drugs. Yes. And, Tell me a shot story. Where everybody's uh, we got were their a, stories about doing injections in a bar, and yeah, in a bar. And Eric basically was like, you know, we have to do this shot, like the the progesterone shot, which is the last one, which goes in your butt. The trigger shot, yes, right? Uh-huh. Okay. And that's the one that goes in your butt. So it's not like you could just pull out, you know, your stomach fat and, <laughs> and right. pop a needle in there. Uh, we had to, like, hide in the bathroom and literally I had to you know, pull down my pants and he had to give me a shot. I mean, imagine right. if someone walked in and saw that. Like, right. I mean, that's ridiculous. But I know. That's, that, was the, that was one funny story. The, the one thing I would say about our IVF journey, we did it three times. 
And um, the second time they put me, or so they said they put, they mixed so many different cocktails, like the Gonalaf, the Menapure, like, and then all these other different ones mm-hmm. because I wasn't responding okay. at all. And every time I went in almost, usually go in every day, and I went in, I mean, every other day I went in every day. So they okay. could check my blood and check what was happening, and nothing really was happening. So I was on the second round. The, they At the time, they had said the longest they've ever put anyone on and the most amount of drugs for almost 18 days. And nothing was happening. Okay. So they. So you were up, the winner, the the, the most yeah. days of anybody. I'm winning. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to win in that that game, right? No. I'd rather win the lottery. But anyway, um, we, actually, I did, and we'll get to that later. So, so that was the second one. We did get one egg, and it just it didn't. Nothing happened. So I never okay. had to do the retrieval. But the third one, I did do a retrieval. Okay. But again, I think it was two eggs. And one died immediately. Okay. So they had one. Uh-huh. But then during the course of those four or five days where they're right. spinning in and doing all yeah. the, you know, the good stuff to it, 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 did, it didn't make egg. it. So, okay. So what, tell me just to step back a little bit, what toll is this taking on you guys emotionally at this point? I mean, you're, more, you're a tough, tough cookie. So I'm sure that <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah. weren't as much of a basket case as no. probably I was when I was going through all of this. I think but, for everyone it's... It's so personal and very different. Right. Was it hard on the relationship? It wasn't. I mean, you know, Eric, he's super even keel. Yeah. I mean, there was a level of frustration. Like, it it was sort of, you see that winter coat that everyone has from Amazon right now. You saw it once. Now you see it everywhere. It was like, you want to get, you want to have a baby. And all of a sudden, everywhere you look, it's just pregnant people. Yes. It's everywhere. Everyone's pregnant. Like, you would never notice that before. But now that it's so heightened, and you're like, how is she pregnant? How is she pregnant? Yes. So I remember feeling legit anger uh-huh. sometimes when I would see someone. I'd see somebody on the train with five kids, and they were, like, kind of neglecting their kids or being mean to them, <laughs> and they're pregnant again. And I was like, how does this asshole get six kids? Yeah, exactly. And here I am thinking I'm, like, this good person, and it's not working out for me. It's very... It's, it's frustrating. It's infuriating. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. So yeah. I would say it was more frustration and um, just like, you know, maybe there's just a different plan. I don't know. But mm-hmm. we're, I think we took it in stride. But there were moments of definitely like annoyance and mm-hmm. should we do this again? And I'll, I'll never forget after the third one, the doctor said, you know, listen, like we, we put her through so many drugs. Like mm-hmm. I really don't want her to have to do this again. Mm-hmm. And the, the story, the, the way I remember it and Eric can maybe have his own version of it, but I think Dr. Cleveland basically said, you have a zero chance of getting pregnant, right? And Eric's like, so when you say zero, uh, what do you mean by that? And I was like, you're an analyst. This is what you do. Like, you're a genius at numbers. Like, zero means freaking zero. Like, yeah. not happening, game over, not a nunca, like, yeah. whatever. It's over. And, um, it, you know, it was pretty funny, but... Uh, How did that feel to hear him say that? I cried. That's the first time I cried. I never cried during the process, but I, I lost it in, the, yeah. in that office. Because yeah. it was the like the finality, right? Like, you know, right. this is not happening this way. Right. But the good thing is with modern medicine and then just, um, you know, adoption, which we'll get to later, you have the ability to have a children, to have to have children other ways. Right. Right. So I would, the next step was uh, maybe an egg donor, which we did also go down that route. Which as is well. so funny. Cause I never, you just mentioned it before we started talking and I never knew that you went that route, which again, just goes to show how people don't talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's so, there's some strange privacy or stigma or something. So I'm just, I'm glad that we're 
getting it out there now. And yeah, I never, I mean, I feel like I was pretty open about it. And I'll never forget when you go to those, when you go get your blood tested in the, you know, football field of, of Cornell, everyone's like 5.30 in the morning, so you're like yep. wearing baseball hats and no one's talking to each other. And I would see women that I knew from work. Oh, really? Or through the business. Were they trying to kind of hide? Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Really? And it was just so interesting. And then I would want to go over and say hello. Right. But then I thought, they see me. You know, yeah. it's, they don't want me to know. Right? Yeah. So you just... You pretend Why like you didn't see them. Why do you think that people are so secretive about it sometimes? Is it like because you feel like a failure or like less than or something if you're not able to, well, you know, conceive I think, naturally? I think there's part of that, right? I mean, yeah, that's supposed to be the plan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you grow up. You find a, a, a partner, mm-hmm. whether, whether it's a, a woman, a man, whatever, and then somehow you have children, right? And some and when it doesn't work that way, and your body doesn't allow you to have what you what you thought was perceived to be the natural occurrence, mm-hmm. um, yeah, of course it's just disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. But I think people were, especially ten years ago, right? Yeah. I think now it's, yeah, it's it way changed. different. Mm-hmm. It's completely changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you the amount of people that I've spoken to about mm-hmm. this, and I hopefully I've helped along the way, um, just to explain like what's going to happen to you. Like, how does it work? How do you go into the you know when you get the egg retriever? Like, you walk yourself into it's like Grey's Anatomy. You literally walk yourself into right into the operating room, and it's cold as hell. You're like, what is happening yes. here? And then you know they're like, you're going to go night nights, and then next thing you know, you're you're out. Right. Even I just had a text with a friend uh, recently, a younger friend of mine who's going through this and. I also had to get a surgery. I had a fallopian tube that was blocked. So before mm-hmm. all of that, right, and you have to drink all this crazy dye and mm-hmm. whatever. And she, she was doing that. And she said, I heard it. It hurts. I'm like, nah, you're fine. But I, I completely forgot that I did that. Oh, right? so yeah. It's funny. Like, I had other steps that I for, that I had totally forgotten right. about. Yeah. So the egg donor, what happened with that? So we picked... Okay. Um, we had we picked two women. One was a waitlist because she was like some rock star Harvard like athlete, like 4.0, you know, looked like Carly Kloss. Like, I don't know. Really? Like that. Yeah. So was, how does it work when you're doing, because I never went through this. How do you do the donor egg? Do you get like a catalog that you get to flip through or like? That's exactly it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, this person sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's there's like photos through, of like, them? The West Elm being like, I like that piece of furniture. You know, right. so it's like there's, um, there aren't photos. Okay. It just because they want to keep it. Anonymous. Private. Does it have their name, like their first name? No names. No no names. So it will say like um, female, 19, you know, sophomore, Harvard, and then it gives like the whole, you know, everything about her, like medical history, what she looks like. So five, nine and a half, blue eyes, blonde hair. Resembles Carly Kloss. Yeah. You know, so I mean, just like that. So it was very much like her GPA, like her interest. I need to get my hands on one of these catalogs. That would be fascinating. It's the same as a sperm donor. Right. right? I don't know anything about that either. But okay. So how did you guys decide? Were you like, all right, I want the Carly Kloss looking one? Or did you guys have the same kind of? It was more, yeah, we were on the same, like we're both athletic. I played as you know, right. like soccer in college, and then right. you know, so we picked. It was like based on education, mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm. Um, and athleticism. Did they give um, you all different races, or do you yeah, say like you can, okay. it's a book? You just flip okay. through. So we picked one. We were on the waitlist for the other girl, but then my fund, after almost fourteen years, shut down on okay. Cinco so de Mayo. So where you worked? Yep, okay. where I worked um, in two thousand eleven. So shut down. So okay. then all of a sudden, so you didn't lost have a job. your job, mm-hmm. and then. No joke. One week later, my father-in-law passed away suddenly. Right. So we we just because you have to if you want the donor right, they're going through the they're basically going through IVF. It's like the same stuff, the okay. drugs, the whole nine yep. yards. 
they were like, you have to decide. And we're like, you know what? We are just not, now we're not emotionally ready mm-hmm. to do this because I didn't have a job and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get a job and make sure I was back in the workforce again. Yeah. And, um, I was focused on that. So we, we tabled it. Okay. And I also thought I would do a surrogate too because I, I, for some reason I had in my head that because I couldn't have children, I couldn't carry them either. Mm. So we wanted to do a surrogate. So that like brought another... Okay. Level a surrogate the, with a donor egg? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Into the mix. And it's like a double layer of <laughs> complications. Yeah, why would anyone do that to themselves? But anyway, we didn't end up doing okay. doing that. But okay. we did look into that okay. as well. So we, like I could explore everybody. So <laughs> you explored yeah. so many different options. Yeah. And then when did the notion of adoption come into play? Um, well, as I mentioned, oh, yeah, it was something wanted. that I, I kind of always wanted to do. Right. And once I, you know, I got a job and, you know, the... We buried his dad and, you know, kind of like moved on from that a little bit, like just, you know, breathed for, uh, for a little bit. Um, we decided, like, let's do the adoption and forget the donor egg. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was hard for Eric more so because, you know, his two brothers have between them six biological children. And it took him a little bit while longer, I think, to get there than me, even though he, he agreed Early on, that would be something we we could do, right? Right now, now it's but originally it was in addition to our own biological kids, we will also adapt. Yes, and now this is adoption that changes the game. And yeah, Yeah. I would imagine that's hard to wrap your head around that. You know, if you had had your heart set on biological children, and then that door is now closed. Yes. So So we we had a I had a friend in Philadelphia. I went to Villanova University, and I have a lot of friends in Philly, and some of my best friends are from Philly, and this couple, I think I actually went on a date with him once back in the day, uh, but they adopted two children very um, within 18 months, almost two years of each other. Okay. Because they, too, went down the path, and they couldn't have children, so they uh-huh. adopted, and they have two beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. So I was put in touch with her, even though I knew her, but I hadn't talked to her in a while, and she was super helpful. Jackie, thank you again. And Jackie, uh, <laughs> Jackie. So we ended up going to the center uh, called Gladney Center in Texas. And basically, the Gladney Center has been around since like the you know late 1800s, mm-hmm. early 1900s. And they'd taken high school girls or just girls that are young and mm-hmm. are pregnant, and they live in the Gladney Center. It's a okay. beautiful place. I mean, it's okay. good, you know, donations and all that. So you, they're very well taken care of throughout the process. They live there. Okay. So their nutrition's taken care of, their medical taken care of, right? So we went there, but when we went for our orientation, it's beautiful, and you fall in love with them automatically. like, this is what mm-hmm. I'm going to sign up. But there were 60 families, and they do an orientation once a quarter, and the average adoptions per year was 100. So you mm-hmm. do the math, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's... Two. I'm not super good at math, so <laughs> but basically one one not everybody's going to get right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it, it would take almost two plus years, just the law of averages mm-hmm. of that, right? I mean, hey, you could be someone that you just get picked earlier, mm-hmm. or, but so once talking to Jackie, they went through this place called Heart of Adoptions in Florida, Okay. and something that I guess a lot of people may or may not know, but every state has a different there's different regulations and rules for adoption. Mm-hmm. So you want to pick a state where the mother has to sign off on the adoption 48 hours after a vaginal birth, and it's five days after a C-section, right? So New York is like a month. Like I've had a friend... You're kidding. Yeah, I had a friend who, day 29, you know, she had the baby for 29 days in her yeah. house. Yes. And the mother and then, on the ninth hour of the 29th day oh, said, I want to take the... Oh, that is soul-crushing. Soul crushing. Gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. So, okay. So were you trying to find 
a state that had the least amount of... Yeah, so Texas is one, Florida is one, okay. um, I think Massachusetts is one. So we went to Heart of Adoptions, we chatted with them, we really liked them, they were super lovely people, so mm-hmm. we decided to sign up with them. Okay, so I remember you telling me when you were going started going through the adoption process that there was a book that you had to create and submit to the adoption agency, and you just brought the book out, and I'm holding it in my hands, and... It's a mock, how would you explain it? It's a mock cover of Us Weekly. It's a great picture of you and Eric. I'll put this up on my social media later so the listeners can see it. It says all about us. It's adorable. Big news. Gail and Eric are expanding their family. Hot news 2012. <laughs> yeah, so our, our very so good tell- friend, uh, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Um, Ooh, Heather. Yeah, she's a rock star. She's the one who did all this for us. I mean, we gave her all the pictures and we right. did a lot of the stuff, but she really graphically and... Just put the whole thing together it looks and great. really spent a lot of time and we are very grateful for her. So some of the things in this book, just so people can know, or you wrote a letter to the birth mother. Mm-hmm. That must have been That was hard. Hard. <laughs> Very hard. Yeah. What, what do you did... say to someone you don't know, right? Right. Um, I mean, you can say that. Well, the first sentence, if you don't mind, I'll just read. Yeah. It says, Dear birth mother, you rock. <laughs> We've been trying to think of the words to greet you, but at the end of the day, the words that come right to mind are... You totally rock, <laughs> which is that's well. A I mean, think Gale. about that, right? It, yeah, it, it's a Gail saying, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, yes, this is I someone mean, who's carrying a child, right, and will not be able to raise that. Like this, is where I get teary-eyed because yeah, you just, that's okay. Um, so you have pages in here about how you met, mm-hmm. all about Gail by Eric. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Twenty things you didn't know about us, all about Eric by Gail. This is adorable. Our family. So you've got extended family photos. Tell me about the process from I'm here on out. So you give them your book, and then it's a mutual decision-making, right? Like the birth mothers kind of have to choose So the way and- that this adoption agency works, it's, it's where you are in the line of families, how your books get shown, right? Okay. So wherever you are, what number, that's, you know, if someone adopts, then you move up the, the ladder, right? Okay. Do you know how many people were on the list no, that are ahead of you? No, they no don't idea. tell you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of processes, processes even before you're even to this point, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they you have to fill out, I mean, a notebook the size of Kentucky. Basically, they treat you like you're ISIS until you're not, right? And it's like every single thing. We had to have a million people write us letters of recommendation. Right, so they're vetting you. They're vetting us. Uh, it's almost like joining the CIA. I okay. swear, it was the amount of questions, like personal, financial, family, everything, right? Right. And then... Um, was there anything that really surprised you that they asked you about or that you had to reveal? I mean, it's like, were you ever arrested? Do you get it? You know, like those mm-hmm. type of things. No, I mean, nothing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say anything shocking, but it was just a lot. And then they have New York State has to come and New York City, sorry, has to come and you get a home visit, right? And they come three times. And this woman, Lisa, she was hilarious. She was great. But they come Talk and they, they ask you, you know, she basically asks you these questions. Like, how'd you meet Eric? Like, mm-hmm. you know, all about your family life, how you grew up, where he grew up. Mm-hmm. college, all that kind of stuff. Did they do like drug testing or anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did? Yeah, yeah. All of that. So it was weird to talk to some absolute stranger mm-hmm. about your personal life, mm-hmm. right? And about your family and your love life and all that kind of stuff. And then what you, you know, goals for your children and how you're going to raise them. And mm-hmm. are you religious? Are you not religious? I mean, very personal questions that are, it's fine because, you know me, I, I don't, I don't mind those things. Right. I don't love talking about myself. Yeah. So, um which that book, this Us book, took us what 
probably other families wanting to adopt probably did it like immediately. It took us six months to do that because we're both terrible at that that kind of thing. So again, you know, thanks to our friends and um, we're very fortunate to have so many friends who are behind us and cheered us on during this process. But yeah, yeah, so it's a very, it's a very long process. It was long. (laughs) I mean, 18 months. Okay. Did you have a couple people kind of coming in? Okay. Can you tell me about that? We had a few women who were, you know, so in the process too, you have to say what you're willing to have. Like, so we had one woman, one woman, and I feel guilty even the fact that we said no after the four. They give you a dossier of the woman, right? Mm-hmm. And if she knows who the father is, and most of them don't, mm. right? And this one in particular picked us, mm-hmm. right? And she was on every drug known to man mm. um, during pregnancy. Yes, during oh, pregnancy, wow. uh, alcoholic. And mm. when asked what the race of the baby, no, to me, the kid could have been purple. I really mm-hmm. wouldn't have cared. But she said, I don't know. I've slept with every race. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just was one of those things where we were both like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, like for our first one, because mm-hmm. we would, uh, we didn't know we were getting twins. Right. So right. This was, uh, with these women, it was just one. So if it was the first one, almost would rather just make sure it wasn't so far. Right. Well, the that health. Bad. Yeah, the health thing. The health so we said no to two women. that could have come into play. Yeah, we end up saying no to two women, which you feel bad. Like yeah. you're on what this list. What was the second one? A similar, a similar situation? Very similar situation, yeah. Okay. Um, and that one was really in it for the money. Like, oh. you know, so I didn't know if she would even have... I mean, the, the people were even like, you know, I'm not too sure about yeah. this one. But I mean, anyway. I would imagine when making this decision, you get a gut feeling about someone. And if it's not right, you know it's not you right. You really do, weirdly. Yeah. So then... I would say a couple months after those two happened, we were now, uh, a friend of ours had kind of just disappointed and getting to the point of frustration again, Mm -hmm. like, is this ever going to happen, right? And I had one of my best girlfriends from college, I mean, she did 11 rounds of IVF and has like three of the most beautiful boys, right? Mm -hmm. She was super helpful to me and Eric Mm -hmm. through this process, you know, because she had gone through it so many times Mm -hmm. before and... You know, her her family's just wonderful. So, mm-hmm. Kira, thank you. Hi, Kira. One thing that I did learn when I was going through therapy on that note is my therapist was telling... Because I had severe infertility depression. Yeah, like I, I was just I, we talk, we, a wreck. <laughs> we had many conversations. Yes, you, you know. But one thing she did say to me, because I was thinking that, like, why is this happening to me? I feel like a good person. I'm doing all the right things. And she said to me, and this was like a life-changing moment. She said, you know... Good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way it is. And I was like, oh, I'm not a <laughs> the victim. Light bulb. It's just like, that's just how it is, you know? Well, it's just, it's and it was just one of those life, moments right? where I, I, nobody had ever phrased it that way to me, and it just really resonated with me. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, mm. shit, shit happens. Shit. Well, they make a pin. Yeah. <laughs> that's a why it's a phrase <laughs> on notepads at yeah. Spencer Gifts mm-hmm. across America. Yeah. But no, that's true. I mean, it is. I mean, good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. And it's just about how you handle those situations, right? right? You can take them and they can spin out of control. And then you then spin out of control. And you never get probably to the place that you could have gotten had you reined it in a little bit and really mm-hmm. thought about it in a natural way, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough, though, when you go. The, your emotions are running wild. Mm-hmm. And, Plus the hormones and, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are taking the drugs or whatever, it's just really messes with you. But anyway, so tell me about the the birth mother that you did find. So then, so it's funny. We, we had talked to a friend who was friends with Rosie O'Donnell, either Rosie O'Donnell directly or her lawyer. I can't remember. And the place where Rosie adopted all of her children, right? They introduced us to, it was a place in LA Mm -hmm. 
they only work with one you, the family, mm-hmm. and they go out and find a baby for you, right? Okay. And this one was, I mean, uber expensive, mm-hmm. right? But at that point, we were just like, fuck it. Let's do it. When I tell you, we were about to sign on the dotted line, and we got a call from Heart of Adoption saying, mm-hmm. you've been picked by this woman. Okay. We're like, okay. And they said, it's twins. And I, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> no, <way. laughs> no, your first I'm thought out, was yeah, no. No, that was it. That My first thought was no fucking way. I, oh. I mean, I, I, how am I going to take care of one? There's no way I can take care of two at the same time. I, I was like, no way. And then we, you have 48 hours, right? So the, again, okay. they give you the dossier. She she knew who the um, the father was. They were engaged to be married. It's a really unfortunate story for, for, this, for this young woman. But, you know, not on drugs, nothing. She was lovely family, doctors, nurses, mm-hmm. um... So and she had twins before the twin twins girls. that she was pregnant with, right? Yes. So this would have been her second her set second of twins. Her second set of twins. Yeah, the, the grandma I think had like a or great grandmother had multiple sets of twins as well. Okay. So obviously runs in the yeah. family. So we ended up saying okay, like I think after thinking about it for sitting there and talking about like can we do this? Mm-hmm. Is this something we could do? And again like talking to Kira who has twins and other people like you know, we've been waiting this long why would we ever say no? This this seems too good to be true. Right. Like she seems like a lovely woman. Unfortunately, the you know the the father ended up getting hurt on a construction site and then being given you know, oxycodone and getting hooked on that and then led uh, to heroin and then he left her. Right? Gotcha. So super sad story and mm-hmm. you're just like your heartstrings break for for the family. But so we went to Florida mm-hmm. and we met her and her aunt and uncle because her aunt kind of raised her. Mm-hmm. How far along was she at this point? Um, I mean, seven months. Okay. So when this happened, she was already almost five and a half months. So okay. she was just new to the adoption agency. Okay. Right. Like Did the she family kind of gender yet. So it was supposed to be. They said a uh, boy and a girl, and actually it was triplets. But oh. then, unfortunately, one uh, died. Okay. Um, in utero. So at first, it was a boy and a girl. So we're like, oh well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally done. So yeah. We met her. She was lovely. We had dinner. It was so nerve-wracking to go down there and meet them, and she was so nervous too. And she gave us a, you know, a, a picture wrapped, and it was the, uh, the, ultrasound. the ultrasound photo. Yeah, and I, I like you know, you just burst into tears. Yes. And, uh, and she was a small little thing. I mean, out to here, you know, she's super uncomfortable in the heat, and she's mm-hmm. a very gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the daughters are beautiful, as you've seen the pictures, mm-hmm. and yeah. So that was just a awesome. And weird all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, right? I would imagine you want her to really like you, right? Oh my like God, that's yeah. your natural inclination. But then when you want someone to like you, I f- at least for me, or I feel like I'm always overcompensating or yes. not being myself. And then you're like kicking yourself, and then you get in this Did weird spiral of yeah. like, "What am I doing? Calm down." Well, the one sh- the one thing she said that I'll remember sitting at dinner. She said, "I look through a thousand books, and you're the only one that spoke to me." Wow. And and you wonder how these women pick. Yeah. Right? Because right. there's so many families going through this right. same thing. So then after that dinner, was it basically a done deal? You knew that yeah, you were going to so go with her? Yeah, so we signed on the, you know, we basically signed the data line. And then um, I would say, oh, God, oh, maybe six weeks later, she went into early. She was going in. I was... At a lunch meeting. Mm-hmm. You were in New and York. I was in New York. And she was in Florida. Meeting. Obviously, in Florida. she lived there. Okay. And she said, oh, I'm going to get my, you know, some, uh, she had some test that she was going to, to, and we were talking now almost like every right. other day or emailing or texting uh-huh. or whatnot. And 
she said, I'm going to get this test. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm like, great. You know, good luck, whatever. Let yeah. me know how it goes. I mean, if you need me, whatever. And she called me at 1.20. I'm in the middle of this work lunch, right? And my phone's ringing and I was like, I have to pick this up. So I was like, hey, what's up? And she's like, so I have to have an emergency C-section now. And I was like, guys, in like the second? And she said, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. Shit, because we wanted to be there for the birth, yes, right? But yes. how we have two dogs. Right. We haven't packed a bag. We don't even have a nursery. We right. have nothing. Because like, it was early. Mm-hmm, it was yeah. early. And so we had to get flights and, you know. So that day, did dog. you just fly out? I don't we, remember we flew, the Yeah, we flew out that night. By the time we got a flights and had someone take care of our dogs for because basically when you adopt in Florida, you then have to live in Florida. Right. Right. So we knew going down there, it wasn't like we're coming back with two babies three days later. Like we lived there for almost a month. Right. So we had to pack bags and all kinds of stuff. Right. So we got all these things. I can only imagine you guys like scrambling around the apartment, throwing shit in a bag. Basically. What was the phone call that you made to Eric when you, I was like, are you sitting down? And he's like, I'm like, she's having the babies like in a nanosecond. And he's oh like, what? God. I'm like, yeah, holy fucking shit. We got to get, I'm like, you get the <laughs> flights, I'll get the dogs or you get the dogs. Like we, I had no idea. I called all like a bunch right. of like, my, my besties and yeah, you know, everybody his, rallied his and helped and you guys get it, pull it together. Pull it together. Oh um, my God. I remember you calling me from Florida yeah. when you got down there. <laughs> I don't remember that. You were like, you are not going to believe this. <laughs> she had the babies. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And here they are. Here's yeah. a picture of them. Oh. But we, I remember being in the um, in the airport bar, shocking. And we had had, like, having a couple of drinks because at this point we're not going to see the babies until, like, 12 o'clock at night if okay. we even get to see them. Right. We, we, weren't, we weren't sure at that point. And um, we had, like, a, you know, two drinks or something before we got on the plane. I was like, this is, like, our life's changed like it's in a nanosecond completely different and yeah it was so i just remember my heart like racing and when we got off the plane then we got in the rental car and we got to the hospital we walked in the hospital like hand in hand we're both like holy shit we're gonna meet these kids and it was she didn't let any of her family meet them she waited for us wow nobody met them not Um, even her daughters nope oh just and she waited so we uh we met them at like 11 30 that night and it was just the weirdest most surreal yeah uh, feeling you know, and she was great. I mean, she was just like, meet your sons. Oh, my gosh. You know, gosh. and I know, and I'll get to, you know, a couple of days later, but yeah. she was just so uh, amazing yeah. about it, right? Yeah. It's really hard for, imagine that. Like, I think it and is you the barely know selfless us, right? act for someone to do that, and I have so much respect for, oh my God. Mo- I mean, you know, huge birth respect. mothers and fathers that put their kids up for adopt. It's just the most selfless thing it you is. can do. Well, they know that, uh, you, know, you know, they need to give them a better life, and... Although right. she doesn't have a bad life by any means, right? right? Four kids for a single mother right. is a bit too much yeah. to, to handle. So. so what was your immediate thought when you saw these two boys? And did you have the names picked out already? We, yeah, did. Or did we you did. want to wait until you saw them? Yes and no. I mean, okay. we, we did have them picked out. Okay. So I don't um, think we've said their names, so you can say. Uh, they're Dylan and Leo. Um, so Dylan, I always wanted, like, I always wanted, if it was a girl, uh, oh, by the way, the adoption agency said, oh, oh, it's two boys. Oh, yeah. So when I, did they I hope switch you, from boy and uh, girl? Like, a couple weeks before she had the babies, okay. she, they were like, I hope you didn't buy a ton of girl things, because it's actually two boys. And we're like, oh, which we didn't, right? Okay. So, thankfully, we didn't. Did you not, because of, like, a superstitious kind of thing, like, you wanted to wait? Or just, no, not even. Just, just pulled it together. We just pulled it together. Okay. <laughs> You know, you know me. I'm like I work under better under pressure. Right. Uh, no, we just had them pulled together. Okay. So thankfully we didn't because yeah. you know it was supposed to be a girl. So we had. I always wanted girl boys' names for girls. I always loved that. Yeah. Same. And so Dylan was always one, but for a girl, mm-hmm. not for the boy. Okay. Um, but then we decided to keep it. 
as Dylan. And then yeah. Leo, uh, I always love the name Leo, yeah. but Eric's grandfather, his name was Leo. And he was a professional boxer, and his name was Leo. So it sort of was fitting. Like, we love the name anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it just was a, it, it turned out to be a family name in right. the end, right? Okay. And then their middle names <laughs> are William and Charles. And we did not do that for the royal family by any means of imagination. But, uh, you know. Yes, I you just, did. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Your dog is named Meghan Markle. Yeah. <laughs> and Kate Middleton yeah. is my other one. Uh, no, so, yeah, those were the names. Tell me then what happened. Because it wasn't totally seamless, right? The process. No, so, so you have to... Um, Again, you have to wait until she signs off. So, so there's a 48-hour period. Well, she had a C-section, so... Oh, she did. Okay. Technically, right. it's five days in Florida for okay. her. Gotcha. So we had a hotel room not far from the hospital, and we you know, we had a place to stay. My One of my besties from college, her family's like my family. You know, her mom has a house in Longboat Key, Florida, and was like, you can please go use my house. And yeah, thank you, Patty Finn. You're the best. Patty. Thanks, Guy. Yeah, I know. We're doing just, a lot of shout outs. Yeah, shout outs. Episode. Shout outs. So, you know, how nice is that to have a place? And, and I'll tell you what Patty did. I mean, unbelievable. But so we, we just go to the hospital every day, right? Mm-hmm. And then we took her daughters. Mm-hmm. Took, so there was this big mall. Uh, so the so daughters we, were how old? Eight. So these are the birth mother's daughters. Yeah. Eight years old, and yeah. I remember you took them on a shopping spree. Oh my spree. god! I remember you calling me, yeah. and you're like, "I just took the girls and bought them all this shit," <laughs> and they had the best time. The best time. Like... It was the craziest thing. So you know, we're, this is like day two of being in the hospital, and they have like a hundred family members. So the room was packed every day with all these people, and they were the most gracious, loving family. So nice to us. And anytime we would come in or be there, they would immediately hand us the babies. We're like, "No, no, no, you're fine. Like you're fine." Like, and you could tell the girls were as the days were going closer to us taking them that they were getting upset mm-hmm. so I said to the mom would it be okay if Eric and I took them to lunch or to the mall or whatever something like so they can get to know us because uh, what we didn't talk about was this was going to be an open adoption for six years so for six years for sure we would be in each other's lives mm-hmm. right so every year they would either come to New York or we would go to Florida and they would see the boys and we'd FaceTime and all that kind of stuff so that's why I wanted we wanted to get to know them better right so we took them to the ball, and they were, I mean, they're the most cutest, beautiful little girls and super smart. So we go to this store, which uh, maybe the listeners who have young girls will know this, but I don't know if we have a, if this store is here in, New, in the New York area, but it's called Justice. Oh, yeah. Oh, it New is? Justice. Yeah, because I'm a girl. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's one of Ever's favorite stores. Okay. Well, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so basically, Justice is a store that if you know who Rainbow Bright is, it's like she threw up all over the store. Yes. It's like just everything's it's colorful. It's like a unicorn barf. Yeah. They made a store out of it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like all sequins. Yes. And- Rainbows and unicorns. So we go there. They're like, it's our favorite shorts, our favorite shorts, our favorite shorts. So we go in there and, you know, Eric's like, okay, what the hell am I doing in the store? So the, I'm like, listen, you can pick out one outfit each, right? So they go, they have all these clothes. We're in the, we're in the dressing room. He and I are sitting there. They're literally doing like a model runway show <laughs> for all these. They have a hundred outfits. And he's like, we're buying them all these outfits, aren't we? I was like... Think we have to you know it was one outfit that was it each and right so we we're trying to buy their love you know it was just right, like one right. each and even eric was like i can't they're just so awesome you know they would yeah. be like eric what, what do you think want? do you like this top do you like this skirt what if this skirt went with this top how about these shoes you're like one of everything yeah, it, well, eric, well, it was him he was like just get what you, whatever Aww. you guys want so you know we ended up doing that so we took them to lunch and right we got to know them better, right? Like what they liked, they both like soccer and they're smart and, you know, who mm-hmm. their friends are. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really sweet, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so nice that you did that. Yeah, we had we had so much fun. Like, I mean, 
my husband who, you know, some of the listeners will know him, right? Our friends. Mm -hmm. But those of you who don't, like, he's, he is the nicest person. He really is. But he, this is not something I would have thought would have come out of his mouth. And he was like, I'll take them too. Aww. (laughs) I know, it was super cute. And I cheers because that was like, I was like, whoa, I love you. Anyway, yeah, they're super cute. Yeah. So it must have been hard at this point because you're, obviously getting attached to the boys and you know they're a couple days old and Mm -hmm. as the week goes on but did you have it in the back of your mind that there's still a chance that she could change her mind I mean that must have been every day that must have been gut-wrenching just to have it was you know it wasn't a lock at that point and like no it wasn't a lock um but so you're trying to bond but also try not to get too attached like that's a very tricky it is it is and yeah I think we did an okay job with that Right. Like we, because mm-hmm. again, she had so many family members in there mm-hmm. and like neighbors and whatever mm-hmm. that it was one of those things where we would sort of just dip out mm-hmm. and dip in. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's always so many people. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like we were always just one on one with her. There were moments in time where we mm-hmm. were, but it wasn't all day, every day. Right. So I think that helped mm-hmm. in that scenario. But the day that, you know, she had to sign, right. So it was her aunt and her. And so I, this is day five. I think it was like, I want to say it was day five. She, that was a bad day. Like we weren't allowed to be in the room right when she was signing the papers because if she did change her mind. And so that was the most anxiety ridden couple minutes of our lives. Mm -hmm. And she signed, which I I mean, honestly, in the back of my head, I knew she would, but you never Mm -hmm. know. Right. And, but this is like in terms of endearment when you're like standing outside the hospital door, like banging (laughs) on it. Like, yes. Uh, Oh my God. That's a good analogy. But this is where you just feel so bad for a birth mother, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, she was so strong up until that point, and then, like, the t- it was so it was heart wrenching to yeah. hear, like hearing the sobs and like I'm like reliving really it. You could hear it. her sobbing. Oh my god! And then like, okay, no, all the blood just rushed to my head. Yeah. and No, I'm gonna start crying. No, it was. I mean, like, look, my I'm like, totally tearing Aww. up. Yeah, it was awful. Like, just it was like screaming basically, right? And it's just so terrible. And she said goodbye to them, and then. She gave them to us, and it was just... Did she hand them to you, or was there, like, a nurse? There was a nurse there. Yeah, I mean, I think there had to be, right? And And then then we hugged her. We walked her out to her car, you know, like, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, she's going home. Yeah, and then that was it, and she toddled off, and um, you're just like, whoa, that was just crazy. And so now it's us in two car seats, right, (laughs) with two of these four-pound little dudes, and we put them in the, the car, and... And we drive to Wombo Key, and we're both like, there's two humans right. sitting behind us. Right. <laughs> that, right. How did this just happen? Yeah, it's crazy. So then did you, well, a couple things. You wanted to say what your friend's mom did for it? Oh, so, yeah, so Patty had put together, like, a whole nursery. Like, I mean, cribs, clothes, Aww. you know, diapers. Unbeknownst to you guys yeah, when t- you got Blankets there? with their names on it. Oh. Uh, stuffed animals. I mean, Patty? it was unbelievable. That is the sweetest. Mm-hmm. The sweetest. It was oh, unbelievable. that's so wonderful. Yeah, she's the best. Do you have a relationship now? It's. I mean, the boys are now four, mm-hmm. so the six-year open adoption is still it's in effect. It's still in effect, but, but we don't. Is it up... T- how does that work? For the first couple of years, for the agency, you have to send pictures, mm-hmm. right, every quarter. So we always did that regardless. But for the first 18 months, we were, you know, she was texting me. I would send her pictures. The mm-hmm. girls would FaceTime me. Mm-hmm. They would FaceTime to see the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, we we almost wanted to bring them up for the summer, you know, two years ago to have them come out to the Hamptons for like a week or two and just hang out with, with us, right? But then she sort of, she ended up getting remarried 
um, or married, because she wasn't married, so married, to another guy. And I think 18 months, two years, she was okay with this arrangement and obviously wanted to know what was going on with the boys. And then she had another life, right? So mm-hmm. I, I honestly haven't talked to her. Mm-hmm. You know, we can we see each other on Facebook. I don't uh, Sure. She's awesome. So, and right. those girls are awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I, we wouldn't mind having them in mm-hmm. our lives, right? So the aunt uncle I still sometimes talk to. Okay. And they actually came with their four kids. Remember when they came for Thanksgiving that one year? Oh, yeah. The boys okay. were eight months old, maybe, yeah. or, you know, whatever. They're born in April, so. Yeah. They came with the family to New York, and they came to our apartment, and you know, for things not for Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving, but we like you know for drinks and mm-hmm. appetizers and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it was great. Mm-hmm. They're just great people. So, do you feel like after all this, you ended up with the babies that you were meant to have? Like, is that yeah, totally? Mm-hmm. I do. What, um, what's your favorite part of being a mom? I mean, uh, there's a lot of things about it, right? I mean, just having two people who rely on you, and when they're like, I love you so much, Mom, you're just like, oh, my God, like, you're awesome. Like, that's such an awesome feeling. But then there's also <laughs> the frustration of being a mom of two rambunctious little boys that, right. you know, don't listen and push buttons, right? So you get that frustration from being, a, like, a you know, I've been alone for a long time, right? So, like, now having to take care of people mm-hmm. when I was only taking care of myself for basically 39 years, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. They're mm-hmm. the best. I they love, are. Yeah, they're just hilarious and funny and cute and smart. And and they play the guitar and they skateboard. They're yeah. just like the coolest <laughs> little dudes. <laughs> and they give my son all their hand-me-down clothing. So yes, thank do. you, Dylan and Leo. Yes. Well, thank you uh, to the Allie McCartney <laughs> who gives us right. <laughs> it's a chain. her hand-me-downs. Um, all right. Well, thanks for talking to me, Gail. Is there anything else that you want to add? I mean, I think the only thing for anybody who's listening, you know, like, just don't give up. There's so many options out there. And, you know, what the path that you thought you should go down doesn't always mean that is the path that you should go down. And the one that's Mm -hmm. the actual path you go down is probably the one that was meant for you. Mm -hmm. God has a plan. I'm not a religious person, but God uh, has a plan for you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, maybe Allie will post a picture of the boys and you can see them yes and then you'll know and oddly they look like us they do so they that do. is like the weirdest they do yeah thing they yeah. actually look like us and one is kind of me and one is mm. kind of right. eric right <laughs> personality it's pretty wise. cool so it's, it is it's, pretty cool it's an interesting thing so, so just because they're not your blood doesn't mean anything yeah you fall in love with them immediately that's right Okay, well, thank you. I'm sorry I made you cry. Oh, no. (laughs) I love you. I love you, too. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, again. Thanks so much for listening to my chat with Gail. I just adore her. She knows it. Um, I'm so happy that she shared that with us. I just want to say that doing this podcast has been so fulfilling so far, and the stories I've heard have been amazing. There's so many more that haven't come out yet, but they will. Also, the people who have sent me notes and letters, I heard from somebody in Dubai, which was fucking crazy. So it's spreading, and I love it, and I thank you guys for doing your part. And if you're into this, please subscribe and rate and review and pass it around to your friends. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.